0: listening to The Journey podcast. The Journey is the college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Awesome. Uh, Hey, we're going to be in Psalm 8 tonight. If you want to go ahead and turn to Psalm chapter 8 and looking forward to that. Psalm chapter 8, continuing our series in the book of Psalms, Man, I, had, I had a super fun time last week with you guys, just kind of digging into the Word together. That was, we were talking as a team this morning. That was a good time just to encourage each other and uh, dig into Scripture. It was awesome. Uh, Psalm chapter 8. So I guess about a month ago or so, uh, Lauren, or Caroline Tate wasn't feeling real good, and so and Lauren uh, was supposed to go to this work event, but that was like, for families, and so she took Haddon and I stayed at home uh, with Carolina Tate and took over to the park. She started feeling a little bit better, so we're over at the park by our house we all been over there at the little playground and uh of course i'm not well I guess I was on the playground helping her, but I wasn't like playing on the playground anyways she's running around playing or running around that's a, she was walking around and kind of falling everywhere anyways um, and there's other little boy at the playground, and he was playing as well and uh Caroline there's this little like five foot tunnel maybe and she started to crawl into this tunnel while this other little boy who was probably about five, four or five years old was trying to come out of the tunnel and of course Caroline Tate at that point was like 14 or 15 months old and so she's just staring at him like you know no social cues she's just staring at him like cold blooded staring at him and he's staring back at her and uh, <laughs> he, he kind of looks at me and looks back at her and says she can't be here <laughs> Of course, I'm like, bro, what's about to go? They're like, only five years old. But he says she can't be here, and I'm like, dude, what, why do? You, what do you mean she can't be here? And he said, God said little babies can't come to the playground. <laughs> to this, I am like, at this point, I'm like, am I? Is he demon possessed? Like, what's going on? Not really. I was, like, I just started laughing. I was like, bro, what do, you, what do you mean? God said little, little babies can't come to the playground. And then he said. God also said little girls can't come to the playground. <laughs> of course, Caroline takes just looking at him like, I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> um, and I, so at that point, we like, I just picked her up, we kind of played on a different section to stay away from the demon child. <laughs> um, but his it was his why cracked me up. Like when when I said, when he said she can't be here and I said why. That was the last thing I would have guessed that he would have said because God said little babies can't come to the playground. Like that was the last thing, the last why reason I would have, I was expecting. Um, sometimes our why of why we do things can be kind of funny or we just forget, right? Like if you ask somebody ask you why you're going there or, gosh, why you're dating that person or, or why you're going after this degree or why you're getting this job, whatever. We can sometimes, like when people ask that, we're like, you know, that's a good question, but I have no idea why. You ever been there before where you're not really sure why you're doing something? Um, and I'm not just talking spiritual here. I'm talking everything. Why, why is it so important to remember the why of why you do things? Or say it another way, um, what's the danger of forgetting the why? Does that make sense? So, uh, again, it could be with, like, a business. Boy, Ron can maybe help me out here. Um, Or maybe it's with forgetting, like, why, like, with certain family traditions, why you do certain things. Um, Why is the why so important? Or even, like, gosh, if you're going to school and getting a degree, like, hopefully there's a why. Besides, I don't know, it's just what's after high school. (laughs) Um, Why is the why so important? Yes, ma'am. I think you don't to you absolutely. For sure. The Say it again. Purpose. purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Did you hear all that? So if, if you hit trouble, then you're like, it's easy to throw in the towel. Um, because, you're like, again, because you like purpose, for sure. Anything else you want to add to that? That was good. Right on. Anything else? La 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 Can't wait to creep you guys out of nose with that next week. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> Anything else? I'm a very patient man. I know you're thinking. I think it helps like distinguish between things that you're doing that like are godly or mm. like intentional and things that you're just doing like for the heck of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Did y'all hear that? your why sometimes determines or helps you decipher if what you're doing is actually has a godly purpose or not, right? Good. Man, super good. Yeah, man, both those answers have been, been, or all three of the answers have been spot on. Um, The why, there's even Simon Sinek, is that Simon Sinek, I think is how you say his name? Um, He, incredibly brilliant, man. I don't think he's a Christian, but very smart guy. And he has a book called Start With The Why or Start With Why because the why, the purpose, why you exist as a company or why you're um, in a relationship or why you're pursuing a, a, a degree, the why drives everything. And actually, especially for, for our gen- I'm barely in, I think the next, I think the next group, high school group to graduate would technically be in a different generation than me, which is kind of weird. Anyways, but we're all, I think we're mostly all millennials heel, here, here. <laughs> Anyways, and our, the why is super big for our generation. That's partly why um, just to be honest with you, I think sometimes millennials are a little more hesitant to, to give, to like even in a church setting, uh, I mean like tithe and offering, because they're kind of like, well, why should I give? What is this going towards, right? Um, which I think is a good question. doesn't mean you shouldn't give, but it's a good question. Um, the why kind of drives everything. And if you, if you forget the why, like uh, Rachel kind of pointed out in, in Autumn, you, you lose purpose and you may just qu- quit or give up, right? Right. Um, the why helps define, like Jordan said, what, you're, like, what exactly you're doing. And the same thing is true with, with spiritual stuff. If you don't know the why, then you're either going to quit or just have no motivation and no passion in it. Like if, if somebody said, well, why do you go to church and you couldn't answer that? I'm going to guess it's not very long after that that you'll quit coming. Like hopefully most of you, I, I don't let that scare you. If like, I don't know. I bet if you thought about it for a second, you could probably come up with a reason why. But if you have no idea why you're here tonight, then I, I'm not sure how long you're going to stay because you may not feel like you have a reason to come. The why is incredibly important. Um, I don't want you to shout out an answer, but even like remembering why we worship is incredibly important. Because I think it's easy. I, I'm sure y'all do the same thing as me, even if you're like on stage leading sometimes uh, or the platform, whatever. Um, when I come, I can just like, we just start singing. So you just start singing. And normally, the times when I don't feel moved by, I don't feel engaged, is probably because I've forgotten the what? The why, right? I'm just kind of doing it because what do we do at church? We sing. So I'm going to sing, right? Um, or like, here comes the bridge, I'm going to raise my hands, right? Um, we, <laughs> <laughs> we, man, we, we just get in these motions. And sometimes we don't even realize we've forgotten the why, which is kind of scary. What I love about the book of Psalms, it, well, a lot of things, but one of the things is over and over it gives us lots of different reasons why we should worship, why we should praise God. Um, we have so many cool things about the Psalms. So this is what we're going to see in Psalm 8 is not the only reason we should worship, but it's definitely a very good reason we should worship. And so I want you to look with me in uh, Psalm chapter 8. We'll start in verse 1. So this is the Psalm of David. It says, O Lord our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So, I majestic, it's full of beauty, wonder. Um, it deserves all, right? How majestic, majestic, sorry, is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the Avenger, not like the Avenger movies. Um, Man, I think we should stop just for a second because I think if you're like me, when I first read that, I was like, I'm not really sure what's going on there. So, how majestic is your name and all that? So, he, what's he's just praising God first, right? Man, God, your, your name is glorious, majestic, powerful, is worthy of praise. He says, You have set your glory above the heavens. So, it's saying there's this, there's this like, In one sense, the top of God's glory, like why he's worthy of praise, his glory is above the heavens. So he said, I can't even put like a, a measuring stick on how big and how wonderful your glory is, like how amazing you are. So even... Man, you can make fun of me, bitch, off the top of my head. So someone who's very rich and famous, and you all laugh because joke about it or talk about it all the time, LeBron James. He's a very rich, famous man. <laughs> Alex is like, one day he's going to shut up about LeBron. Um, but even as rich and famous as he is, there's a limit to his glory. Like we could, we could probably don't do it right now. We could probably Google his net worth, right? Um, you can't do that with God. There's no, there's no limit. There's no lid on his glory and his majesty. So this, the heavens in a sense, declare God's glory, that there's no limit to them. Wrong thing. But, but also it says, out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. So there's like, he kind of shows us this top lid. Well, not really a lid, but like the top scale of God's glory. Then he says, even babies, even little children declare the glory, the wonder of God, and it silences those who would speak against God. Which is still, I think even the ESV, it's a little, it words it a little bit funny. I think the NIV is a little more clear. But I, I believe the idea here that he's saying is, or trying to get across, is that there's something beautiful and really powerful about children praising, worshiping God because there's this innocence about it, right? They're not trying to do it for show or like, they're just are worshiping God. That and it's so beautiful and pure that it shuts the mouths of those who would speak against God. Make sense? I think there's even there's there's this awe and wonder that little kids have for life. I think um uh gosh, it they have that same awe and wonder towards God, right? I was this is a little dumb, but I was um driving in sugar browns today and saw uh, a little puppy out uh, like on the sidewalk. I should have I saved him. No, nah, I think he was with his people. But anyways, like he would just prance around loving life. Like, you know, he wasn't doing anything, but he was just like loving life. And that's, that's kind of funny because that's how babies are, right? Or little kids are. They just, like literally my kids spend almost every day at home and they think it's the coolest thing ever, right? <laughs> like if we if we go to, or even like the babysitters um, put them in their little wagon to go to the park, just opening the garage is like, <sighs> <laughs> this is the best thing ever. Um, because there's this awe and wonder that kind of even like if, if, if someone were to come and say, life is terrible, I think you would see them and have a hard time saying that in front of them. Does that make sense? Because their awe is kind of like shuts you up. I think that's what he's saying about children and God is that their awe and just like, wow, God, you're so awesome, shuts those up who would say God's not majestic, God's not wonderful. And then I feel like, I forgot my stool tonight, which I don't need it. But anyways, uh, I, I feel like, I wish I could sit down right here for this verse because I think if David was when he was writing, I think either he like stood up with excitement on verse three, or he like sat down and was just this kind of bless you, this quiet. <laughs> he was like bless you. <laughs> or I think he may have sat down with this kind of quiet, hushed, just wonder. And you look at verse three. He says, "If we weren't so close to the loop, I would have us go out on this night because such a cool thought. When I look at your heavens." The work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him. That's not, he's not, I know, if I get in our generation, we have to clarify. He's not, it's not talking about men. It's humankind, right? Mankind. What are we, what are humans that you care for us? What what a cool thought. Man, I I don't want to, I don't want to, um. To talk about Noah's tonight, but some of us are going to get to go next week up to Colorado and and see the stars really clearly. And even out here, you could if if you're jealous, you could just drive down on a dirt road and get in a dark place. I'm sure. Um, but and there's something kind of awe-inspiring about just looking up at the stars at night. I love that he says, "When I look at the, uh, the moon and the star," or I'm going to mess it up. When I when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers. So think about that. Like, I remember when I read this, for some reason, what came to mind uh, earlier or last week was, I remember, I don't know if y'all did this out here, but at our middle school in, in Becker County, Florida, in eighth grade, what all of the students had to do was we built these bridges out of toothpicks. And it was this competition to see what bridge could hold the most weight. You know what I'm talking about? Um, and like, we were so proud of these little toothpick bridges that could hold, you know, I don't know. Mine was like 5,000 pounds. I'm counting kind of on what it was. It was something very small, I'm sure. Um, that was the work of our fingers. We're, like, we're so cool. And the work of God's fingers, he's like, oh, I, the sun that you can't look at because it's so bright, I put that into place, right? I, we were joking about a different passage this morning, like, like God's resume. The, Brandon, what have you made? What have you done? Well, like, I fixed our fence one time and, <laughs> and got, at God's resume. Oh, I, I hung the sun and moon and stars. Like, it's kind of a big deal, right? Uh, the, he said, when I look at, just your handiwork. It's just one little glimpse. There, if there's, an incred, there's an incredible sermon by Louis Giglio called Indescribable. It's from like 2005 probably, um, where he goes into depth about just how the heavens, the universe, declares the glory of God. Totally worth looking up on YouTube. It's really good. Um, but I think we should take a moment tonight, even just like, it's going to be quiet for a second. I know you're looking at a wall, but... Maybe even in your mind, just kind of think about God's glory and like what, how you've seen it in creation. Maybe you've been to the ocean. You can't help but feel small standing on the edge of the ocean, right? You just can't. Standing at the foot of a mountain for sure. <laughs> if you, if, anybody ever flown overseas before? man, didn't that make you feel small? I was thinking about this earlier today. Something makes me feel small. Think about, so we, we found out today, um, I'm sure it's probably in a lot of places in the, in the Northwest right now, but, uh, or in the West, but uh, the Arkansas River where we're going, some of us are going to next week. Um, the CFS, the river's really high. It's like 2,700, which is pretty high. Um, which doesn't mean it's like crazy dangerous, but uh, we may lose a few people. I'm kidding, sorry. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Um, but it's like, it's a, I'm totally kidding. It's just a little more scary when it's, when it's like really fast and like kind of uh, it's bit the, the, the rapids are big. Um, And it's it's funny, I was thinking about how like awe-inspiring the rapids can be and almost this kind of feeling of helplessness or smallness about like, this is intense. And it's funny to think about where that all comes from is little snowflakes fall to the mountain and they melt. And then as they flow down the mountain, they make these rivers that can terrify humans, right? And that's like, I mean, if this is the work of God's, if the sun, moon, and stars are the work of God's fingers, meaning like this is just, this is easy for him. This is like, um, like yeah, just, this is child's play to him, right? Make the sun, moon, and stars. What is creating a river to him, right? Like that's, that's nothing. If God is that big, like, what am I, what are we that God even knows our name? That God cares for us. <laughs> That, that God sees us. And, uh, man, I think verse five, a lot of people have some different kind of understandings about what verses five through eight mean, but I, I think it's real simple. I think verses five through eight is him showing one of, uh, some of the ways that God cares for us. I think there's a key word there in verse four that, that the son of man, like humans, that you care for us. Verse 5 You've made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the earth. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Now that seems a little odd to us, like sheep and oxen and beasts, like what in the world? In their time, all that list, and even really for us today, we just take it for granted because we just go to United or Market Street or wherever and get our groceries. But what were all the, when they, excuse me, would have read those, all those, that list there, what, what did that kind of represent to them? Yeah, their provision, their source of life, right? I think here's what, here's what King David's saying. So, God, who, am, who are we? Who am I that you, the creator of the universe, are mindful of me, that you, that you see me, that you care for me? And then he kind of lists out, how does God care for us? So even though I'm so little and you're so big, yet you care for me by providing things to eat, right? By providing, and again, we forget, like even clothing, right? Not that we walk around in like oxen skin anymore, but like um, you provide the things that we need to live. And the idea of... Um, being crowned with glory and honor, like God gives us dignity, right? Not only does he care for us, he actually like gives us dignity. God, who, who are we? Who am I that as big as you are and as little as I am, you would care for me? Even to the things, like by putting mankind, um, to be kind of silly, at the top of the food chain to provide for us, to care for us by giving us food. And then so then the psalmist ends, oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic, majestic, sorry, is your name in all the earth. So what I was referring to earlier where there's different opinions on this, some people would maybe argue that this is a, like a psalm about like that, man, mankind really is like pretty good and pretty awesome and top of the food chain. But the problem I have with that is the psalm begins and ends with, God, you're awesome, right? How majestic you are. So I don't think this psalm, it, though it does talk about the dignity of mankind, I don't think that's the point. The point is God, As big as you are, you still care for us. You've provided for us. I, I think if I could like sum up this psalm into kind of one maybe memorable thought or idea, is that you're way smaller than you think, but God's love and care for you is way bigger than you think. And that's magnified by how small you are and how big God is. You're way smaller than you think, but God's love for you, his care for you is way bigger than you think. I think the problem with this is, with this psalm, is we don't always feel that way, right? Like how often, um, like when I read this psalm, I was thinking, I can't remember the last time that I really on a regular day was just overcome with God's majesty and was like, God, who am I that you love me and care for me? I was like, man, David's on a different level, right? Like, I'm not to that level. I mean, the problem is not understanding this song. The problem is believing it, like feeling it in our gut, being overwhelmed with awe of God, at how small we are and how big he is. And yet he cares for us. And, and I wanna, I don't wanna like go too far off course here, but I wrote down just a few things um, that I think maybe prevent us from being overwhelmed with God's majesty and and being in awe of the fact that he cares for us, even though we're nothing compared to him. And so, um, yeah, here here are four things that maybe are helpful and maybe this is not you, but I I think they're probably all at some point have been me. Um, So again, we've already kind of like, I think, studied the Psalm, we know what it means. Um, So here's maybe, hopefully these will maybe help us dig into it a little bit deeper. I think the first problem is, while we miss this truth, while we're not overwhelmed in awe of God is we're just too busy. Now, not everybody. Some of y'all are like, I play video games all day. Like, not you. But, um, no one told me that tonight. I'm not judging anyone. Um, maybe I am. I don't know. Uh, but I think, I think we're too busy. Anybody with me there? Like when you're rushing around all the time, you don't want really to have time to stop and be in awe of God. Like I was kind of convicted, not not kind of, I was convicted as I was studying this. Not that there's a command in the Bible about staring at the stars, but I can't remember the last time I had even five minutes at night where I just kind of sat out and looked at the stars. And that's not like sinful to not do that, but maybe I'm a little too busy if I can't ever just enjoy a night sky, right? Um, Maybe I'm a little too busy or like too stressed and too in a hurry Driving places, if I can't enjoy a sunrise, so we like, I'm not up by the sunrise. That's okay. Um, but yeah, if I can't enjoy just driving, even right now, like, I don't care if you turn around. Like, even well, that way is not that exciting. But this way, there's like some pretty clouds out there. Um, if I can't enjoy that as I'm driving around, maybe I'm a little too busy, right? Um, the uh, the second one I have is maybe the opposite. And let me explain, it is it's too distracted. So I think you know, this could sound similar, busy and distracted. But I think when we're, I think sometimes too distracted is just like, I'm bored and so I'm gonna distract myself with stuff. Um, I don't wanna turn this into a sermon about technology and phones and stuff, but man, how often do we miss out on the majesty of God and being in awe of Him because we're just distracted by our phone, right? Don't, don't I know I'm not the only one. As soon as we have a second of downtime, we pull our phone out, right? Um, and sometimes even when it's not downtime, we're like on our phone, right? People are talking and hanging out. We're like, forget y'all. Um, man, too, too distracted to be in awe of God. Hey, you know what's crazy? God actually, he really does want to whisper to us and talk to us. But if I'm always like, doo, 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 doo. who's going to the Lakers? Uh, who's going to the College World Series? Nothing wrong with that stuff. But if I'm always doing that, if I'm always doing that, I don't get to hear whispers, right? I miss out. Third thing, um, I think we're too full of ourselves. (laughs) So if you think you're, if you're caught up on yourself, it's hard to be in awe of God, right? Um, Which is funny, because no one, like, no one, well, no one in the right mind goes to someplace beautiful, like the mountains or the beach or a beautiful river, and at that place is like, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of how awesome I am. <laughs> if your spouse or oh, it's not your spouse, if your boyfriend or girlfriend ever does that, just break up with them right there. Just be like, you know, you're so awesome. I just can't even be with you. It's just too much. Um, yeah, I think being too full of ourselves prevents us from, from being in awe of God. So again, I'm, I'm giving you, the, I should say this, before, I'm giving you these to not like beat you up, but just to, if you're, if you like me find yourself going, man, I can't remember the last time I was just in awe of God. Like, man, you're so amazing then I think maybe it's worth asking yourself, am I struggling with one of these? Too, too busy, too distracted, too full of myself. And the last one I'll give you real quick is, I think uh, we have too small a view of God. Like we, man, we, we have a little mini me Jesus, right? That like he, it's like if we had a little uh, action figure, we could put him in our pocket. And like, when we have a problem, we're like pull out Jesus out of the pocket, we're like, paw, paw, paw. like put him back in our pocket, right? Like you stay in there till I need you next time. Um, that's not who Jesus is, right? But, man, some of us, so many of us, we don't have a big view of God because we don't, sorry, we're not in awe of God because we don't have a right-sized view of who he is. Like I was thinking about uh, with David's mom, like I even questioned in my own heart, man, do I really believe that God can heal her? And I say yes, but like, do I feel it here, right? God really can heal her. Like right now, he could not just heal her, he could like give her strength where she's like, I'm out of here, right? Like, meaning like leave the center she's at and not like go to heaven. Um, man, do I believe that? Do I have a big enough view of God? Um, two kind of like final thoughts and we'll be done. Um, or here's a question, really, that I will ask you after I remind you of the big idea. The big idea of the passage is. Um, you're way smaller than you think, but God's love for you is way bigger than you think. What is the greatest demonstration of that truth? It's already been done, by the way. Jesus died on the cross, right? Yeah, it's a good like Sunday school answer time. Yeah, the cross, right? The cross of Jesus is the greatest demonstration of, man, I'm not just way smaller than I think, I'm way more messed up than I think, right? Like if you doubt how messed up your sin is, the cross is the evidence of how messed up your sin is, right? Jesus left heaven, came to earth to be beaten to a bloody pulp for you and for me because of our sin. So sin is very sick and gross and messed up. So I'm not just way smaller than I think, I'm way more messed up and sinful and evil than I think. But the cross is absolutely the greatest demonstration that God's love for me is way bigger than I think, right? Right? Though I have rebelled and turned against him and do the same stupid, sinful thoughts or things, whatever, over and over and over again, he still loves me and has pursued me to the point of death on a cross. So we have to preach that to ourselves. I think that's really the, the best way to be in awe of God is to every day remember the gospel. When I say preach it to yourself, like, like how I'm in a sense preaching to you right now, you do that to yourself, right? As you're going throughout the day, not like you're in your office and you're like, "Come on, Zach, you can do this." Like, not like that, but that in your heart and in your mind, you're preaching the gospel to yourself of of who Jesus is and what He's done for you and how amazing He is. Um, I, I want to I'm going to give you an example of how that works. So again, we lose all of God partly because too busy, too distracted, too full of ourselves, too small view of God. All of that you could even say is idolatry, like being obsessed, being distracted by something else. Um, and I think it was my first year of uh, doctoral work, doesn't matter, anyways. First year, there's a guy named Dave Carter that came to speak. The first year of my study was all on leadership. And uh, Dr. Edwards, who I mentioned sometimes, he talked to us about how um, most leaders, especially in ministry, if like, and like, how do you describe it? Successful leaders, what he'd studied and seen, typically if, if they were gonna fall, if they were gonna lose their leadership, it was normally because of sexual sin. And so he brought in a guy named Dave Carter, C-A-R-D-E-R, um, to come speak to us. And Dave Carter, he's, gosh, he's gotta be in his late 70s, early 80s now. And he, literally his entire career has been working with couples who have had affairs, which i like, that's like a terrible career, but he has a passion for it and is, has an incredible like track record story. You could say it was actually, this is kind of off track, but um, in class, he actually brought in a couple who the husband had done some really terrible, like stupid things against his wife. And he brought them, like they agreed to it. He brought them into class and counseled them in class. It was so tense, man. It was like, uh, I get chills thinking about it. It was like terrifying. I was like, I never want my wife to look at me that way, so I would never do something that dumb. Anyways, um, Dave taught us something I'll never forget. He said, the way to, to not have an affair, I'm going to apply this to, idol, or to God here in a second. The way to not have an affair is to have an affair with your spouse. We're like, what does that mean? <laughs> You're weird. <laughs> no, all he was saying was, in an affair that whoever the person at fault is um, they typically have lost like to use a common word for what we're talking about tonight all, A-W-E, of their spouse and have somehow gotten distracted and caught up on something or someone else and said the way that you fight that is you literally he didn't use this word but again to tie it into the night preach to yourself every day the beauty of of your spouse. It's a literally, I was talking with some people earlier, like it actually, this kind of stuff can actually literally change the wiring in your brain. Um, But as you preach to yourself daily about the beauty or the wonder or whatever, the the amazingness of your spouse, you begin to to like, essentially, I hate this term, but fall back in love with them. Does that make sense? Um, I wanna encourage us to do that with God. (laughs) We get so distracted by so many things that we just kind of forget or we're just not in awe of God. Here's the thing. The problem is not with God that he's not majestic. The problem is that we're way too satisfied with lesser things, right? He is absolutely majestic and wonderful and amazing, but we're caught up with stupid idols. <laughs> so I want us, man, what if every day in our quiet time, however you devotion or whatever you want to call it, Begin to preach to ourselves, to remind ourselves, not just then, but as we go throughout the day, to remind ourselves of the gospel of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. As we preach those things to ourselves, I think what will happen is we'll begin to remember how small and messed up and sinful we are, and yet how much bigger God's love is for us. And then you can't help but be in awe. Show me someone who's not in awe of God, and I'll show you someone who's not really walking in and experiencing the love of God, right? I think we would all agree with that. Like, If you're, if you're like, yeah, I'm not really in awe of God right now, you probably don't feel really loved by God either right now. You can't help but f- when you feel the love of God to be in awe of who he is. And what I'm telling you is the way you, you come back to that love and that awe is to remind yourself who he is and what he's done for you. So literally, I'm not gonna weird you out, but like what I did just, and things were great with Lauren when I heard all that, but just to like sure things up, I started keeping a little journal and every day I would just add a trait of Lauren that I was like, thought was awesome again I won't tell you what those are weird you out but like um I'm also by the way I'm also giving you some advice for future dating or not dating but like marriage anyways um but I would do that and it's and quite literally as I and every day I just add to the list over time like I felt my love for her growing and like my kind of wonder of like man she's awesome just by doing that. So maybe even if you did that with God every day, I'm gonna write something that kind of blows my mind about God. And if you're not sure what that is, man, the Bible's a great place to find some ideas. Um, You're way smaller than you think, but his love for you is way bigger than you think. How different would your life look? How different would would like this group look? How different would tech look? How different would LCU look, SPC? Wherever you're going around the world, oh, that's not your shirt, sorry. Um, how, how different would you look if, if we lived in all of God? Would y'all agree that there's probably too few Christians that are actually in awe of God? <laughs> yeah. Right, we'd turn the world upside down. That's what happened in Acts. <laughs> they saw Jesus rise up, and they're like, holy crap, of a crap, what that dude got up, right? <laughs> they were in awe of God and turned the world upside down. So, hey, what I want to do for us, um, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing a song that kind of talks about what we're talking about, being in awe of God. Um, and then I think Zach is going to transition us to connect groups after that. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll, uh, if you want to come on up to get ready to sing. God, thank you for your word. Um, and, man, I, I, Lord, want to confess I'm convicted by a lack of awe for you in my own life. And um, man, I, I pray that you would align my heart and align all of our hearts with you so that man every day we can't help but go throughout the day and go, God, who am I that you care for me? Who am I that you love me? I pray that that would be our heart. That, that would be our mindset because Lord, it's not, that's not a mindset of insecurity. That's a mindset of extreme confidence in who you are. <laughs> God, the smaller we see ourselves and the bigger you, we see you, man, the healthier we're going to be and the more settled we're going to be in your love and your might. So God, I pray that even as we sing this song, that you would kind of stir our affection for you, our all for you. And Lord, also that you would, um, in our connect groups here in a few minutes, that you would just help us to be real and to be honest. And uh, man, that we would find ways to, to be in awe of you, even this week, God, that we would not, um, wait for a certain time or not feel like it has to take months, but that we would say, hey, I want to get serious this week about being in awe of you and help us to figure out what, it, what we need to do to make that happen. And Lord, like we sang earlier, we invite the Holy Spirit even right now to move in our hearts, God, to speak to us, to, to stir our hearts for you and to maybe open up the eyes of our heart. It's an old cheesy song. But anyways, to open up the eyes of our heart to see you um, and to be aware of your glory and your majesty and to be overwhelmed by it. And uh, God, I pray that as we sing, man, we'd just be in love with you. So, your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for At The Journey LBK.